0: Hey, welcome everyone to Design Kitchen. Um, we want to provide inspiration for um innovation. You're here with uh Angel and uh Steven. And uh, you know, we're we're just having a good laugh right now about the uh, toilet seat opener. Do you wanna throw some information on that?
1: Yeah, so we like to, you know, of course we like to come up with some kind of idea every week. And I've been just it is something I wrote down as I was in a public bathroom thinking about <laughs> as I go through my life, I always think about different things that we could do. It's like lifting the toilet seat you have to touch it like you know or try to awkwardly lift it with your foot without trying to touch it you know and then
0: yeah
1: like, well, what if there was just a little lever on the ground or you know next to the toilet or somewhere that you could just step on it and it lifts it or step on another one and it lowers it or some you know some way so it just lifts and lowers it without actually having to touch it with your hands. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty great
0: just, yeah because I'm thinking almost like those the the trash cans with the little foot pedal and then yeah, exactly walk yeah. on its own but you could even have like a sensor you know that um that makes it go up and down as it detects mm. then imagine like you're about to sit down and it slowly starts descending up <laughs> you, you you missed this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, i don't know it it seems
1: like kind of a crazy thing like i don't i would imagine that it exists somewhere like somebody has the product product but i'm I'm surprised that I've never actually seen one in public
0: somewhere so. yeah. I it, mean, like what if it was like a something on the on the wall? because it has to be, I mean economic enough, right, to be able to just easily install mm-hmm. um, super easy and universal, yeah. so it doesn't have to be like a full the the seat
1: itself, the whole toilet itself is it, like this unit ha- would have to work on any brand like or almost you know it wouldn't be one hundred percent universal, but almost any brand. so you don't have to buy a special toilet seat for it. but. Mm-hmm. It's just a lever mechanism. You, I would even have one at home, you know, on my home toilet, because then you just, you walk up and you, like, basically you have it where your feet would be if you were standing. Like, so for guys, this would kind of be, it'd be really <laughs> helpful. I think the wives would really like this one. He's so automatically... It, yeah, exactly. So the guy is standing in front of it. And if you have a sensor, if it sees your feet and you're standing in front of it, <laughs> to the theater, hopefully before the stream starts. <laughs> but- <laughs> you
0: start to rely on the technology so much that like, you just forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Lid is down.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but, uh, you know, I'm thinking is like a bidet, right? Mm-hmm. Recently, you know, since this whole toilet toilet paper shortage mm-hmm. just kicked in, this became like super popular. Um, so like, like for me, the first time I tried it, it was in Thailand. I'm like, what is this? You know? And I just started going like really slow on the little knob and I'm like, okay, cool. You know? So at home, I actually, I installed one and like, I, I can't go anywhere. I'm like, you expect me to by myself? Come on. <laughs> I just have like, but in a way, you know, but yeah. I, and and the thing is too, You know, some at the beginning, they were going for like 25, 30 bucks for some Mm -hmm. universal where now I'm seeing at Home Depot, like $300 for a toilet seat that's implemented with the bidet, just because they all of a sudden became like a mainstream product. Um, They like multiplied the, the price of it. So who says you can't have like, maybe what if it's like, you know, you have your toilet seat closed, you go in there and you like tap it or something and it like opens up completely, you know? Yeah even throw in like a bidet feature just yeah take like a current product that's out already and just like um you know implement that or you know work with the manufacturer because mm-hmm. i think that that would be fully um you know viable depending like i would want that in my house like i just yeah. walk up and it's like Shh.
1: yeah even just to, as a initial like Test the market with anything, any kind of product you like. It, it's good to test the market and to see if you know or do people want it. Make it a manual one so you just step on it. You know, no automatic. On you know, if you don't, you don't need to go super fancy. Yeah. And and that could be a local market test, right? Like you, you have your local hardware store carry it, and then oh, that that took off really well. Mm-hmm. Make a better one, and then send it off to Home Depot nationwide. Yeah. So um, it, it's it, it is something that I'm just surprise that i haven't seen maybe there's a reason why i don't, I don't really know but it, seems, it yeah. seems simple enough that and something that people would like to have so i don't know might be worth a try
0: yeah because the way i'm thinking too you know it's a very the, the way it attaches to the toilet it's a very simple just uh rotating with the shaft like a rotating mechanism so i mean we're, there's nothing that it could literally be just a tilting shaft that automatically like has you just have a handle on the side of your toilet that you could push forward or back? That's like the yeah. simplest, simplest mechanism, you know. You could even crazy glue it to the little bolt that yeah. the shaft just to test it out, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, I might have to build one and put it on my toilet at home, see so it works out 3D printed or something, <laughs> spring loaded, yeah, another option because I've, I've seen the, the slow closing ones, I've had those mm. before. Where you just slam it and walk away and it like slowly yeah. closes yeah yeah it seems like those are pretty common now mm-hmm. uh, that's what that's what we have here but i think like it the might... public toilet sector yeah definitely because i mm-hmm. i mean my myself if i ever do need to do it you know i don't want to be rude mm-hmm. and just like go all over the, the toilet seat so i pick it up with my foot mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. your shoes is dirty or I walk in there and I just see like other people's footprints all over the the toilet seats and stuff.
1: Yeah. So oh look. yeah, I know. It's just gross. And now, now this kind of leads into a little bit beyond this too. Is what other what other products could you make to make it more make um, public bathrooms a I don't want to say more pleasant experience because it's just not a pleasant experience, <laughs> but like a, a less less of a terrible experience right so it's just mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about the how growth things are so if you I don't know I mean, just this could lead into other things too but um, well, and especially like you get those uh, public campgrounds and things like that or you know like true. rest areas those those places, especially where they don't have they don't get maintained very often right they do sometimes but just not very often so
0: that's where i would really see see we, we keep going back to campgrounds and the outdoors <laughs> <laughs> oh weird yeah yeah well
1: that's that's where i always end up i yes. end up outside <laughs>
0: um you know but with that would actually the sanitary thing um you know i brought up or we were, we were kind of discussing the the jam idea about the, the oh, yeah. thing, right and I, I put some more development i started researching some products out there and, you know, one of, one of the side things we discussed was like a paint, right? So there, there's actually a lot of systems of paint rollers that either have like a, you know, the machine in the ground that's like feeding uh, paint right into the roller, or they have some that you pour it into the roller and it has like a delivery mechanism. So you just start painting and it's its own mm-hmm. um, paint source too. So that, that's kind of not, um, that's already kind of super used and taken, I guess you could say. Well, but but at the same time, you could, could you
1: take one of those and tweak it just a little bit, and then mm. implement it into this, or maybe that's where you're going? But
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: let, I'll let you carry. So <laughs> what I was
0: thinking, right? Too we discussed, right? If we if we have like a barrel type of system of towels, I feel like they're going to be ripping. If it's some kind of cloth, it's going to be more expensive. So I was thinking, you know, rubber, right? Like a squeegee. Yeah. I almost, I would feel pretty comfortable if I just got a squeegee and I went across that because that's like a, such a sealed surface and it's rubber too. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's going to absorb anything, you know, they have stuff on the surface, which is getting cleaned every, every second. Right. And, you know, it typically, it's like a leather surface on this gym equipment. So, you know, what if it was like a squeegee that, that as you're dragging it along the bench, it's. Somehow dispensing um, through the rotation or through the pressure of you dragging it across, it's slowly dispensing fluid, cleaning fluid, cleaning solution. So you drive it across, and it's dispensing it, and it's also picking it up behind itself.
1: Yeah, totally. It it works like a um, like one of those driving those um, floor you know mop things that you can drive you sit on and drive them around um <laughs> in a, you know in a cafeteria or something or in, you see them driving around kind of basically yeah so you get one of those paint rollers fill it up with sanitizer or something like that mm-hmm. and drag a squeegee behind it put them all into one one assembly
0: well see i would i would want to put the the um the i wouldn't want to put any of that paint roller because it's it's a foam surface so i don't want anything that's gonna capture recapture that Mm -hmm. bacteria you know so i was it would just i was thinking it would just steady stream almost like a cleaner and then the the or that and then just the sweeper right behind it yeah you think i guess from your point of view i think personally that's cleaner than getting some like paper towel spraying it like four or five times and then just dragging it across your your bench a few times yeah if
1: you get you get good coverage you get it definitely to spray it and you know you're um you're getting good coverage now at the same time you have to make sure whatever solution you're putting in there isn't going to dry out your leather or damage it and yeah but that's now that's a separate that's like the chemical side of it which is it exists it totally definitely I mean it's just all services yeah just a, a surface cleaner that's safe for leather but um yeah as long as you get good coverage and and then just the volume of fluid and and how you you're able to like vacuum it up in some way
0: yeah well see the vacuum it i actually have a point because now they're going to end up sweeping it off the edge so you have to calculate it so it's not going to be like over or under you know mm-hmm. but, yeah oh yeah if it's if it's a small amount then you could just on the floor is fine yeah it would just kind of sweep off because i'm almost thinking like a phone sized you know. Like if you have this and you have your bench, which mm-hmm. is, typically you know, about a foot wide, mm-hmm. let's say it's something that's, you know, whatever, this is like six inches or something. And you just kind of drag it across the bench yeah. once, maybe twice to cover the whole thing. And then you just pop it back into the side of the bench, either like magnetic yeah. or with the base and the little cable thing. Mm-hmm. Um I mean to me that's cleaner than getting a towel and just smearing the germs back onto the surface. Okay, oh, yeah, I I think so. I think so too. Um, and, and that would be worth a test too. There's there are ways you could set up
1: tests and bacteria and do comparisons. True. And um, but I think you're right, yeah, that's right on a good point. Yeah. I, I in like um maybe spray something on it so you know like there's a like a, a UV a a type of liquid that has uv built into it you can kind of spray it on there and then try to then do a quick swipe as if you're wiping it off mm-hmm. and then turn a black light on and see how much is left a towel after you yeah yeah so some way i mean there, there's there's various tests that you could do and compare them do a towel and then do a do your your little mechanism test and, and then see what the results are and I, I think you i think you're right that it does seem like it would be really nice because even if it didn't necessarily kill it right away, which it, I mean, it would if you have a, a
0: good, um, like a antibacterial.
1: Well, the, the Jim, the,
0: you know. Jim already has their, their, you know, tried and tested. Yeah. Surface, surface. spray stuff. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that work with the viscosity of basically water. Yeah. And that's what
1: you would want. I think that would be the right viscosity and you spray it on there and you're swiping it off and it would wiping it onto the floor and it just dries up really quickly. Yeah, Cause it has a cool. like, alcohol content or whatever it is it, does, it just evaporates so and i yeah i think you're right on with the size though about the size of a phone and what that does too is it opens up your market to a consumer not just for the gym specifically but i could i could go buy one at the store and carry one in my pocket yeah if yeah the gym that i go to doesn't have one or if they don't have enough of them, or something you know it's just something that i can throw in my gym bag yeah. and always carry it with me
0: in you your tent yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now i'm thinking you know if you have some, some kind of like tube, um, like a sprinkler system, basically, that would spray a steady stream through like maybe three, four different nozzles to cover it. Mm-hmm. And if it was like mechanically act- activated, like if I put a little wheel, so as I'm swiping it across, the wheel is rotating it. And it's almost like, like it could be as simple as like a spray bottle. As the wheel is rotating yeah. it, it's like steady stream spraying like little controlled sprays
1: yeah that's true then if you if you make it mechanical then there's no batteries to charge there's no electronics to worry about and you're not worrying about people over spraying because you don't want these things like if you can make them reasonably big because especially this the part that you hold on to could be like um pretty big round but then it has like kind of a flat area where you yeah almost own shape kind of but with a big bottle on the on one side of it well,
0: I wouldn't even want I would want the bottle built into the handle
1: you know right yeah exactly but that's what I'm saying like it could be a little bit you could have it like kind of like a, a good yeah, good size yeah like, we're, like a, a bear like a you
0: know yeah like you I think we have a maybe the diameter of a toilet paper roll <laughs>
1: toilet
0: paper yeah the toilet like yeah it could be like, this it, could be it, like
1: just it, yeah just the inside of the toilet paper roll the cardboard part not the toilet yeah paper, so,
0: yeah. So they something some like handset yeah. type of thing built into here. So this is the handle, it tapers into a squeegee with the built-in mm-hmm. little sprinkler mechanism on the inside. So as you're dragging it, it's like spraying. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I could probably throw that together pretty good for next week. But that's that's pretty great uh, bounce back.
1: Yeah. So um- I was working. I made a couple more, a couple more printed versions of this. Is there moving parts yet? No, no. So this is the the, the knife, but it's it's still just trying to get the the shape, the size, the feel, and you're trying to get everything sorted out. And then, um, so, the, so oh, yeah, I love about three D printers. Wow. You can just print stuff and hold on to it
0: and test the the size of it see that's that's cool because you can you know you could almost have like interchangeable inserts so it's like an aluminum frame that you buy and then Mm -hmm. you can put an insert for your stick out knife you could change that insert for the um you know hardware utility knife you can change that insert for like a exacto knife holder yeah or it could be yeah. an exacto kit that's like a narrower version of that one for exacto knives.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just make a smaller one. That, that's going to what I'm thinking. I'm going to just make a separate smaller yeah. knife
0: that would be put on like a keychain or something too. Oh, yeah. 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 Exacto knife slash keychain. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool.
1: Yeah. So we made some progress on that one. Um, I'm, for next week, I'm looking to start. Um, I'll, I still have to wrap up a few little details. I've been thinking about how to form. Like, there's a lot of little details that I'm getting into now. The, the shape of the pocket clip, um, mm-hmm. additional features that I want to add to it, seat belt cutter, um, wire stripper, um, like rope cutter. They're kind of all the same feature, but and and just thinking about how you know really defining the product, and then that I'll be diving into. I'll be diving into the, each of the individual components for next week i won't be i will not likely to have anything really printed that like any kind of assembly printed but mm-hmm. i'll be getting some of the pieces modeled up and and print them as i go
0: so i'm curious um you know i if you're printing nominal right with the 3d printer are you able to just just send out the components and have them printed out and just try to mess with the assembly so you can get a feel for your model to um to like a like a real life feel for the model and how it's gonna assemble and move compared to your CAD, and
1: well, my I'm just printing them here and the the size of the the fit of all the components with 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 my printer is not it'll be really close very similar to to the CAD won't be identical like my machined components will be much tighter tolerances and and it'll actually be much smoother and but um overall size fit the the the
0: function of it will be will be all there yeah cuz i i mean at least for me personally like when i have a solid chunk of thing it doesn't really tell me too much like you get the feel for it but but having like the um you know like the actual pieces and moving and seeing how it moves mm-hmm. i feel like like if you had that already 3d printing you'd be able to basically um get like a better feel for your, for the product. That's coming next, but then to,
1: um, I mean, if you, if you want to basically, I'm looking at it this way. If, if you want to design a car, you want to know what the car looks like. You don't design each individual handle, <laughs> the tires, the, the brakes, the engine. Um, you want to do, they do, they start with like a full, full-scale model of just like the whole concept design. What's it going to look like and fine tune exactly what it's going to look like mm-hmm. then. And that, that would be like the, the product designer, the industrial designers take that part of the, the job. And then they, the industrial designer. So that's I'm right now I'm being an industrial designer. Right? Yeah, I, I get, so uh, I'm going to pass it off to, to myself, the mechanical engineer next. Yeah. So the mechanical engineer comes in next uh, and
0: he, i i'm coming in next week with with that hat on gotcha gotcha okay see i'm yeah. just looking at it from strictly mechanical standpoint i'm like oh you know it's yeah but it makes sense industrial design i yeah um, gotta get
1: the that because i don't want to refine all of the mechanical stuff and i'm like oh that needs to change so by changing that now the mechanical no longer works and then i'll have to redo a bunch of work so i've learned that through working at uh, Figure out exactly what it's going to look like, how it's going to work, and then and then work on a mechanical and the real fine details. Because especially once you start defining all of these little dimensions, the this tight tolerances, mm-hmm. everything it, it just
0: that's a lot of work, and you want to make sure you yeah. only have to do it once. That,
1: that's I was, thinking,
0: I was thinking more, yeah, more not you know meeting the tolerance more of like a mm-hmm. non nominal plus like a little gap just to have like a loose fitting kind of yeah prototype but but i get your concept too Mm -hmm. i just i'm thinking more mechanical because that's kind of how i always i like duct tape stuff together and i'm like okay yeah this does the function now let me design around it
1: yeah okay yeah so you take a different approach yeah yeah uh, i was just
0: yep i build a like a hydrogen fuel cell in my backyard just for fun one time i think i i think i talked about it before and like yeah like a huge three-foot flame, and I'm like, all right, I could refine that, or I could just never mess with that again, because I don't want to
1: <laughs> You want to make sure, you once you start getting, producing a, any significant amount of hydrogen, you want to make sure you know what you're doing, because <laughs> that stuff is, is impressive how explosive it is, like little yeah. bubbles, and you're lighting them on fire, oh, yeah, and they're yeah. popping, you know, and they're just big hitting, <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, well, that was, that was going to be our senior project. Um, One of my buddies and I, we were actually going to try to get a quad, uh, dirt bike to run on okay. hydrogen with the hydrogen fuel cell. So mm-hmm. we were all like sitting there planning it out. You know, I was, we were all into that technology. And then um, long story short, we just ended up doing like joining separate groups and did like, n- not even, in, you know, all the, oh, the yeah. work, we just split it into like a bunch of groups and stuff. Cause I, I don't know. I think I was just, like, I'm just trying to get out of here, you know? And it, <laughs> care of it but but that would have been a, yeah that would have been fun but very very extensive between just the two of us oh, absolutely that's a, that's a big project yeah With, if they're getting into
1: the details of it because you have to modify it you can't just take a gas engine and shove you know search of hydrogen. yeah no the
0: worst. so there's a lot a lot a lot to it then that was, that was certainly of, possible our logic was that we'll get credit for it you know but it's not gonna be like a fully working thing or you know i actually i try to revisit it and i reached out to him like once all of these like electric scooters and all this stuff started coming out and i reached back up to him and i'm like hey remember that senior project we were working on but um he never he never got back to me so i was like whatever then i'm not motivated to to do all that on my own but if he would have been like yeah let's do it you know i would have that would have been a fun project yeah instead of instead of doing like all this electric stuff have like self-generating hydrogen Mm -hmm. something
1: yeah Uh, just before i we got on here i was reading a book so i don't know if you've ever heard of this book how we make stuff now
0: no i have not um
1: so jules pierre she's the the co-founder and ceo of the grommet so i don't know if you're familiar with the grommet it's if you if you're not familiar with the grommet, you should uh, just Google it. Look it up the, the website. It's um, basically they really they support um, makers and you know, I mean people like us. Mm-hmm. We want to bring a product to market, and they you know, so you can submit. And they but they only accept about three percent of their applications. So because they get so many, they can't oh, accept all of them. But. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so take a look at that website, and, and um, it, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I'm on the site now. That's pretty cool. So they take on yeah. people's projects, and yeah, they help you out with it. I'm, I'm not. A, I haven't dug into the real details of how far they'll go, what exactly part they'll do. I think you need to have. I think you kind of already need to have a, a product to some extent. Or <laughs> I, I, I would guess that would it really increase your chances of. Of, getting. of them accepting it. If you just had a napkin sketch, I don't think they would. <laughs> I don't think they'd look <laughs> yeah. at it. But but if you have a product product that's already selling, they want this to help you bring you to the next level. But yeah. yeah, so far I mean I'm I'm only a few pages into it, but somebody recommended it to me, so I'm reading it now, and it's very much applicable and and very relevant to what we're doing here. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, check out the book and,
0: so what do you think? We'll, we'll include that in the description. Maybe just paste the, the title into the mm-hmm. and then the, the website was the grommet. Yeah. Okay. So I'll put the link on there yeah. too for everybody to access. I looked through the website really quick and it, it looks pretty cool. It almost looks like a Etsy for like engineering. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I would, I think, you know, like let's say once i get farther into this cleaning cleaning device i'm thinking just 3d print the whole thing um even the mechanisms and everything and then just figure out if i could salvage anything that's pre-existing and that's already made for like the pumping mechanism and just piece it all together yeah yeah i'm kind of now thinking this up um another idea i had so like today i was um I've been trying to learn piano my whole life. I've always liked thought it was cool. So I played guitar for several years. And um, so I bought a piano maybe when, the, when everything started back in like March. And I literally never used it once. So like about three weeks ago, I finally got a stand for it. And I have it set up in my uh, office now. And um, I bought these little stickers that go into each key and it tells you basically the note and what like you'll say like A and then it will have the musical note and like do, re, mi, fa, whatever. Um, so I was like, wow, this is like so super helpful because I can visually see it and then look at the notes and just kind of track it along. Um, so then I, I was like, well, you know what, if I could do this with the piano, I was trying to learn a moonlight sonata. Um, and I got like the general little pattern within a few min- seconds, minutes, whatever. So I was like, this is so cool. And then I looked it up. So I ordered the same little stickers for the guitar. Oh yeah. And I'm like, well, now I could kind of understand how the whole fretboard looks too. But then I was thinking, what if, what if there was a little attachment, right? So the way these work, mm-hmm. you, you put the, the sticker right at the base of every, um, fret, like right where the bridge mm-hmm. is so it doesn't interfere when you tap it what if there was a way to make these interactive where basically you know you have a sticker and you know you could either do the whole fretboard or you could do like parts of it just to test yourself you know and basically each button can either light up or it could have some kind some kind of probably light like a faint light or something and then you can play guitar while you kind of clip on this mechanism to your guitar, almost like a capo when people put that um, over the bridge, but you put it in the same, under the strings on the, on the fretboard. So you could tap it, it'll either change colors to, so you could know what thing to tap, but then you have like a accompanying app that's like showing you, you know, what finger positions but not just that it's also lighting them up on the fretboard okay yeah and i'm thinking you know you could maybe run it have some kind of clip that attaches to it or you might be use a sticker thing because i was going to get the the those stickers i was going to put it on this like little leftover squire guitar that i have um so in case the the glue like messes up my my fretboard on my nicer ones but Um, You know, what if you had that and it was just literally like a thin cable, like a ribbon cable, like a sticker with the ribbon cable that attached each one of those little fret things right over the top or under your bridge. So it's completely out of the way. And the mechanism, you can either like, you know, just attach it to your bridge where you put the strings or something. Um, And it could even have like a built in tuner, you know, since you're already putting it on your guitar. Yeah, it's just a Bluetooth device that kicks it off to an app. Yeah, that, and then it's just,
1: it, yeah, so it's attached to the app and you just look, you're watching your app, it's lighting up as you're
0: playing and it's yeah. just, just
1: a real, makes it much easier to learn.
0: Yeah, you could even later on build in like a microphone thing that could listen to other songs and try to like mm-hmm. transcribe them or just look up the, the tabs on Google. Or
1: even um, if you record yourself and you play it right alongside of what you're trying to play. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of listen as how to compare them, see how they to the real see song. How everything compares <laughs> to the real song, yeah. 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 So they over you overlay them, the yeah. two soundtracks. So now it just kind of
0: plays them. Because mm-hmm. I I think I've seen little like like play fretboards that have like little computers and things attached to them or travel mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's as advanced as as something like this. Yeah. And you get a yeah, guitar. would be pretty
1: cool. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, not super into music, never played it. I never tried playing a guitar. So, um, but that could be something that could be something worth looking into. And mm-hmm. the, it does seem like, and especially if you could, if you know that it won't damage anything, if, it doesn't like the stick is not, it won't, you can just peel it off really easily. Yeah. And, and it, it can fit on you know, universal fit.
0: Yeah, because I read the reviews and that was one of the complaints was like some people were saying the sticky stuff was too light and the stickers would fall off. Um, Mm -hmm. Other people were saying that it was staining their fretboards, too. But I was doing research and read the instructions and it says don't even stick them on there, basically, unless you clean it and make sure there's no contaminants or oils on the surface. Okay, that's number one. You know, you probably have to wipe it down with some cleaning oil and whatnot yeah but um you know and it has it could be slim enough i mean wire wire chips wire cables with printed circuit boards and led lights are like super simple if you know what you're doing i mean i don't but i can (laughs) oh you can learn You can figure it out or pay somebody else to do it (laughs) yeah yeah. i mean i this is all basic this would all have to be outsourced because it's not like Mm -hmm. i sit there and wire this these things where like a i don't know some kind of computer science guy could just program this into like some app or some PLC or whatever they use. <laughs> yeah. But that, that was, that was my idea. And, you know, for this, I, i it would be awesome pursuing, but I would really have to find someone that would be able to help with the electronics and the, or pay, you know, whatever five, 10 K they want to charge for development. Yeah. Well, maybe there's somebody out there who's,
1: interested in helping out so yeah. <laughs> reach out to you and, and right. I, actually you know here's an an idea is I don't know how a lot of schools work but the school I went to so uh, WSU Washington State University here in Vancouver where companies came and proposed projects the project that I worked on was actually proposed by two alumni from the previous year mm. uh, they wanted to build a flight simulator so they came in they proposed their project and we built the frame for their built like you sit inside flight simulators we basically built a man-sized gimbal you could sit inside of it and this thing would spin uh-huh. 360 degrees in every direction and it was <laughs> it was pretty wild but sure. so it was just proposed by by a couple of mechanical engineer alumni one of them actually ended up just basically falling off the radar completely lost communication with that guy <laughs> but then the other guy we worked with, and he was—he ended up taking the thing home. He paid for all the materials, raw materials that we had put a, maybe a thousand dollars into it or something. So he um, got, it. and yeah, he ended up taking that thing home. But you could do the same thing—go up to an electrical engineering yeah. and uh, um, and software, you know, some kind of computer science guys, and propose a project. Put it put it together. You got to make sure you have good details. You know exactly what you, you the outcome you want put it mm-hmm. together and have them do it and it's, it's the nice thing is it's free right so, yeah yeah i've thought about that too for some of my projects and because like that you know you it's definitely not like zero input because you have to be like the sponsor and the mentor to the team mm-hmm. but they're doing all the work you're yeah. just being there and, and just like you would be even if you paid somebody to do it you'd have to tell them they would give you you, you it would be communication
0: Even even then, I'm thinking, you know, value to them. Obviously, we're or I'm not an electrical guy, but just having that feedback from the someone that's been out in the field for years that can give them inputs on, you know, on on, I guess higher level design point of views versus like the the, you know the, the small details of the computer programming. But yeah, yeah, along with I was I was thinking too why not try to make it like a a program at the school where it's like a weekly program where maybe, you know, coming in and helping students be entrepreneurs or something, or or encouraging more of that in the engineering programs versus having everybody just routing straight into being a a product manager or project manager. Yeah.
1: There's a, that could be, you know, the thing is with a lot of engineers actually end up being, they end up kind of wanting to be just another person in the queue, right? Yeah. And I, and it's not me, but <laughs> <laughs> not at all, but there are a lot of people who are super, they're satisfied with that because of the, there's a lot of, I mean, the security is really probably one of the main ones. It's good paying and it's could be fun and you don't have to come up with the ideas yourself. You just have to kind of help develop them. But yeah. um. So they don't really teach that as a part of the typical curriculum you have to expand and you have to go on add those classes like the entrepreneurial classes on the side mm-hmm. in addition to your
0: regular engineering degree because this is I just had this idea right now, right so what if we took that a step further and you know I mean it could always literally be a quick email proposal to a to a to a You know, like a college, whatever the director or manager of the programs, but telling him like, hey, why can't there be like a multidisciplinary club where the business guys could come in, the engineers could come in, and it could literally be a club where they meet like once a week and focus on actual entrepreneurial um, ideas. Yeah, and each year you could have a specific
1: project like this. Year, you know, one year you could be doing this one, your the project you just proposed, and then each year could be a different one and you could be kind of like the sponsor for it. And absolutely. That's something that could the people, the, the students at the school can propose and create new clubs. Yeah. Was like the, at the school at, at WSU, just a couple of years before me, they created the aerospace club. We ended up building rockets and, and driving down to New Mexico and launching these rockets. I mean, mm-hmm. these were big, you know, they were, they were pretty big. They um, went up to 10,000 feet and uh, it was just a, a big, you know, Spaceport America Cup competition, so this was, you know, creating clubs is something that, as long as you find a few students who'd be interested in, in helping out and doing that, and you could kind of propose that to the school, and then help the school bring these students together and do it, you definitely, definitely could.
0: Funding for that, too, I feel would be, like, here, take my money and do it. You know, not mm-hmm. not necessarily from the school, but I'm thinking more from like um, like I was looking up like Sam's government contracts and things like that. And there's a lot of government contracts where the government's like, we want to you know introduce like we have like a million dollar fund for distribution into um, you know engineering to get more. M- I guess their thing is that a lot of millennials and these new Gen C generations are avoiding engineering. So that's like the one that they, they don't want to go into, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's too hard. I can't handle it. <laughs> but um, so that there's actually government programs to try to encourage more kids to do engineering. Yeah. So, when, if you are willing to take that on and, and be like the
1: go search for these, this funding, this government funding, and put it together and then you would kind of be the interface between the that funding and the school or the, the mm-hmm. school program or the club or whatever that might be because the students aren't necessarily going to go out and, and get that but if you could do that yeah. and then go and work with the students on it and you know really this could be a business you could turn it into a business
0: well, yeah, I would want them to come on to the company, not maybe mm-hmm. not as founders with me, but as like high level, um, you know, positions, maybe like some kind of profit sharing or something, you know, that yeah. could always be worked out. But basically I would guarantee that these students have a job out of college, a good job in a, in a, in a company company that's gonna, you know, build something for yeah. them, you know, that they're mm-hmm. gonna build themselves, which, you know, if they're joining this club, that means that they're obviously already thinking in that route. Like if I would have had this in college, I guarantee you I would not be here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. So uh, something worth looking into as well. I mean, there's yeah. there's always there's so many like there's so many good ideas, so many opportunities, everything. There are there's so many opportunities out there. And is that the kind of but the thing is you need to pick one and go with it. Yeah.
0: Well that's the hard part. Well, th- this thing here, I mean, like this little, I guess like the soap dispenser one or, or the, the cleaner one, I could just pop that off myself and prototype it and do it quick. But, um, you know, something like the Guitar Buddy thing, for example, that could be like something that we do every quarter. We can have one product every quarter. And then, for example, the engineering guy, their tasks is to get a product developed one quarter. Then the next quarter is for the business and marketing team to develop that as the engineers are coming up with the new product and then you know it could be like this fun little product cycle and even like you can be like well this is like a co um you know you can even use that money to fund more programs at the school basically if you're building companies out of this yeah That'd be interesting. That, I, would, I would love to do that. I mean, I would just drop everything and go get a million dollars in funding and have college students develop a bunch of products.
1: Well, especially if you could go into the marketing majors and pull some of those people in, into the yeah. project, into in various pieces of it. And everybody would, like, you will definitely find students who are not willing to do it. And you're, you're going to find a lot of students who would be who would love to do it? It's essentially it's an internship, and not all students get internships for a summer. So you could even take them on
0: mm-hmm. during the
1: summers between courses.
0: Yeah. So, it would it would also, you know, obviously it's a screening process, right? Because they're gonna show up, but the people that want it are the ones that are gonna stay. And those mm-hmm. are the only ones that you'd have to work with anyway, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I I feel like that would almost create a little mini ecosystem within the schools where like if I was a college and I saw like, I got, I mean, me personally, I'm, I'm going directly to Cal Poly. Cause that's, that's where I graduated from. So I'm going straight to my old engineering department. Right. And that's like the mm-hmm. first place. So, I mean, if I was a college and I'm like, how are they doing that? I want, I want that in my school, you know, yeah it's not research. Cause every school is doing research, but what school is like making companies as a, there's mm-hmm. a few. Yeah, building actual companies and bringing
1: products out and, and they're actually producing products. Like they're going out to market and and selling them. And yeah, that would be, I would, would have really appreciated that during school. If I could have worked on a product and, and then walk through Walmart and see that product. (laughs)
0: Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. And that's your company. That's where you work right out of college, you know, Mm -hmm. even that You, you, or you could venture off and, you know, start your own thing or keep, you know, it's just I, that would have been amazing if I had this, you know, because we had clubs, Formula One club, you know, Rocket Club, stuff like that. But that's not it's a club. It's like a you're doing some dumb engineering project. No, that's <laughs> to it. But I want the full experience. I want the, the engineering project, but I want to go sell it and make money off of it and turn it yeah. into business. And that is what I feel. Because, I mean, Cal Poly, for example, they're, like, one of the top, or were at my time, like, top engineering schools. And, you know, they also had, like, a great business program, right? So, it's like, if that school is already known for, that's all they, they produce is business and engineers. Yeah. not merge it, you know. Yeah. That'd be cool, you know. I, yep. Definitely, especially if I come in with grants already, like, hey, look, I have this much in grants. Let me do this. The college can't say, No, you know, you're making them an uh, offer they can't refuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, Angel, you
1: know what? I'm uh, got to get out of here. Yes. But it's been a, been a good chat. So yeah, if anybody has any, any questions, any comments, anything you want to learn more, uh,
0: designkitchen.org. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you guys soon.